I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. Give me a follow. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, of a Monday, I'm joined by me old buddy. Me old pal. Mr. Ryan Peacock NFL, what's going on? Buddy. I'm good. I'm, I'm just having an Australia. Australia? Australia? Should be Australia, really, shouldn't it? Spanish. Australia? Double L's a Y. Is that right? Estella? Yeah. I thought double L was a Y. You speak Spanish, don't you? Well, I've been uh, doing the Michel Thomas method. (laughs) I can't get past track seven. When he starts talking about Bear. Bearlo. I need it, man. I need it because I have to deal with bank people over there. And they speak all the lingerie and I don't have it. I can order a beer, though. Cerveza. Do you want... Do you want to know what I've been up to today? Go on. I've been writing a song. What? I've written a song. About what? Well, I haven't written it yet. I'm, I'm writing a song. I've Is just it? written it now. Whilst okay. I've just been doing pre-notes whilst you were doing your really long pause, I've managed to write <laughs> managed to write a little bit of a song. Okay, go on. Hit me with it. Okay, right. Complete. This is the first, first ever. Yeah, it's the first time I'm hearing of it. This didn't come up in pre-production. No, no, I didn't tell you about it. Right, come on. Go something like this, sir. He plays saxophone in an Irish band. He fell in love with this English man. He's me little, he's me pretty little Wicklow boy. <laughs> na 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 Wicklow boy. Oh, no? I love him, man. What do you reckon? Yeah, I like it. So like it's completely, you know, it's completely fresh. Just came up with the tune, top of my head. I like it a lot. How yeah. long did that take you now? Um, all of about 21 seconds, really. What? Yeah, so you're wasted I, on this I str- I'm still struggling with he is my pretty little Wicklow lad. It's just getting that in the. I messed it up again there. You see, hmm. I just just trying to get that all in. But you know, something to start with, isn't it? <laughs> Look, we come up with some really weird starts. Most of them no. are bloopers, but that one is just that goes down in the hall of fame. Well, that's that's just you know that's just what I'm sitting here doing most days. But if you want a true story of what I've actually been up to, I had to rescue my olive tree today. It sounds so dramatic, like it was drowning. What happened? What, well, we got some high head? winds, and it, it basically blew out of its pot where I hadn't buried it deep enough. So I went to take the bins out, and I found my olive tree not in the pot anymore. And <laughs> down the road. So I had to go and get it and then re, redo it. Yeah. So so you, yeah. you grow your own olives? Well, there's no olives on it at the minute, but it's an olive tree. Yeah, sure, there's no olive So I guess tree. there'll be olives on it at some point. Yeah. Now, I have an apple tree. We bought the house. There was an apple tree out the back, and your man went out, and it was like something from a Mediterranean movie, and it was like, can I grow my own apples? And he pulled one off the tree, wiped it in his trousers, and he f***ing ate it, you know? And I was sort of thinking, how amazing. The minute we moved in, we put the cat outside, and this dude is useless. Like, honest to God, he just sits outside the door looking for food constantly, and then you feed him, and he eats it, and then jumps back up looking for food again. But he keeps That's taking... That's all cats do. Oh, cats no. are pointless pretty pointless because we had a dog I had to get rid of it because I tried to eat the baby and you know I picked the, the baby over the dog surprise surprise but the cat keeps whizzing not good it keeps whizzing in the giant pot where the apple tree is so even if it did grow apples it's probably going to taste ridiculously like like probably eating something out of a cat litter box gross so you'd have like slightly like pickled apples so yeah. you could use them in like um, I don't know maybe a cider or something like that <laughs> just, just go always, for it always taking a beer angle well, it's either that. I don't like apple pie. I think it's horrible. Apple pie, apple crumble, hot apple, just wrong, isn't it? 
I don't mind so it. So if you're going to do anything apple with apples, yeah. either eat them. Because did you know an apple is the uh, is the natural way and the best natural way of cleaning your teeth? Yeah, I've heard a stat that I heard a stat that if you have an apple in the morning, it's better than a cup of coffee. Anything's better than coffee. Do you know coffee is one of the hardest things to actually come off of? Gives you some pretty uh, hard, harsh come down symptoms. Apparently, yeah, it does. If you actually try and wipe it out, yeah, I'm totally addicted. Like when the kid was born, I then started to go because a Starbucks opened up down the street, um, and then I got a gold card within like a month, and I, I, I drank so much coffee that they gave me a, a what was that a, like a coffee drinker of the year card it's like a little smaller gold one so now i feel like <laughs> hang, mr big hang balls on, hang on yeah, hang on. on coffee drinker of the year it's for my what the whole the whole of ireland <laughs> well look at there's only like a thousand of these cards in all of ireland and in fact on, when i go into my local i've got to stop here i've got to stop here ladies and gentlemen you are now listening to the coffee drinker of the year for the whole of ireland 2017 because he got a card Way! so it's it's true it's true it is so, true I've wow. got the card to prove it. I can tweet out That's a picture of my cool. card, only that no one cares. But no, when I go in, like people have orgasms. Like I go in and I hand over this card and it's smaller than a credit card. It's smaller than a Starbucks card. A Starbucks card, you have to swipe, uh, but this one doesn't have a barcode to swipe. You have to scan it, you know, so it kind of makes people pay more attention to it. And when I hand it in to a, to a store I haven't been to before, they go around showing it to each other. It feels awesome. I have to say, I love the attention. I love going in and going, here's my Starbucks card. <laughs> it's brilliant. They put little smiley faces on my coffee because they think I'm kind of, I'm Starbucks famous. I don't think I really have any cool cards inside my wallet, to be honest. No. I have a donor card. Ooh, that's great. You can't have my, can't, <laughs> have, so cool. can't, have, can't have my eyes. That's the only thing. Just can't have my eyes. Is, what does it say that on it in scrawly uh, writing? Just like dudes. Yeah, just basically you can have anything, but not my eyes because yeah, can... if I'm going to heaven, I want to see how good it is. <laughs> You, want... you take my eyes, I won't be able to see. <laughs> you'll have no hands, but you'll just be two eyeballs. I can't wait to meet you in the afterlife because you'll just be a pair of floating eyes. But that's fine. Me and George, me and Georgie Best are just going to be kicking a ball around, drinking beer. It's Dude, just going to be so much fun. You, yeah, you'll just be an eyeball floating in a in a pint of cider. But anyway, yeah. I think we've we've waxed lyrical enough about non-packer stuff. Sh- shall we start? Well, what do you want to start on, Mister Coffee Drinker of the Year, as you will now be referred to? Uh, yeah well <laughs> uh, but the first one we have to talk about uh, is Devon House signing people were having conniptions um, they were naming their kids Devon they were so excited about this signing um, because it was a cornerback more than anybody else Rhino did you get out the party poppers for this one yeah, I mean, this is huge. This is one of two massive free agent signings uh, this week for the for the Packers. Do you the other mention being... Oh, oh, wow. Sorry, three then. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Uh, Jordan Tripp oh. was the other one. Yep. So, uh, how are you doing, Jordan? Always good to have you on. Yeah, uh, and Joe, listening. we're not talking trash. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But no, De- Devan House, I mean, this is, let's face it, right? Is he, did he have a bad year last year? Yes, he did. But actually, if you read any of the interviews on Packers.com, he said that he was being asked to play in a system or play a style of football that wasn't necessarily suited to the way he plays yeah. and wasn't the same as his first year in Jacksonville hmm. and the previous years uh, in Green Bay. Now, okay, it says two things. One, he's not, um, maybe one, he's not got the ability to change his style, but there's a lot of players that sort of one-dimensional, so don't don't hold that against him too much. And um, there's a number of players, for example, if you think more of the defensive line and so on, that go from a, a 3-4 to a 4-3 mm. um, system, and, and they've sort of lost jobs on it. I'm thinking, you know, um, 
Aaron Campman, I think, when he left the Packers when when we swapped and he went to the Jags for a while and, and he had issues there and he was a fantastic player that just struggled to adapt. So don't hold that against Devon House. Look at the positives here. It's a one year signing, so he's on a pre he's he's on a kind of prove it deal anyway. Um it either comes off or it doesn't. It, it's not gonna it's not gonna really hurt us long term if it doesn't. No. We'll just look to other options. But it's it's so so that gives it the low risk factor, which is always good if you're looking for that. If you're not sure, it's low risk, and he's fairly cheap, approximately three and a half million. Okay, which is you know, obviously, in my terms, very expensive. But obviously, in a professional NFL player's terms, three and a half million, pretty cheap. So mm. I don't know. I like it. I think it's good, and he comes back um, somebody that knows the place, uh, somebody that we know well, and, and and I think there's more positives than there are negatives. Yeah, like there's been a lot of focus on kind of, oh, where did he grade last year? Well, he didn't. So on ESPN, on their grading system, he wasn't ranked. That's ranked with an or. On Pro Football Focus, um, again, not ranked. He didn't play enough snaps. Like, he was a backup player, and that's something to stress here. Now, that can be a good thing because Devon House, uh, he only played one full season in his whole career, and that was two years ago when he went to the Jags. So even for the Packers in those four years that he played for us, never had a clean slate, always you know, had some type of injury or had some non-playing time. Um, so it's good that he's been kind of rested. He's learned a different playbook. He's seen something else. Um, and that's good for people like it. I know plenty of people I've worked with over, you know, because I've moved around a bit. And even in my work, I know people, not my current job. I don't want to be too specific or get a slap around the face. But, you know, in places that I've worked and it's just been the one place that they've worked. But you find that people are more well-rounded in all walks of life when they get different experiences. And that's the same uh, for Devon House. Now, he was usurped in Jacksonville. So I know... I didn't mean to sound harsh on the last podcast when I said he couldn't make a crappy Jags team. But, you know, at cornerback and in defense in particular, the Jags are quite good. But I wasn't jumping out of my seat getting excited about it. 27 years of age. Like you said, like there's, it's a three and a half million deal. Now, Ryan Wood and I think Rob Domofsky have both attacked this sort of stuff. And they've said one of them has said he's getting 2.8. One says 3.5. Either way, he's going to be the top paid cornerback on the Packers but two years ago Ryan he did pretty well when he went to Jacksonville and as you said it's very important for a player and you can't underestimate a prove it deal look at Nick Perry he got paid big time he's laughing all the way to the bank it didn't work for BJ Raji but there's other reasons there because he was played at a position so Ben Stockwell on Pro Football Focus was looking at his stats and the quarterbacks had a rating under 80 when they targeted him two years ago which was his standout season um mm-hmm. so you know he's been to him pretty good and on top of that then in that season he had a career high four interceptions with 23 passes defended so on a prove it deal with that ability as you said knowing the system he's going to take that natural leadership role when he comes in because he's going to be dealing with guys who are banged up and gave an almost if not perfect quarterback rating last season yeah. um so again he's going to take that leadership role which is good for him and he's going to be dealing with rookies as well but something that will hopefully supplement ryan in the draft yeah i think one of the things the biggest thing to focus on when anybody's and, and, and let's face it packers fans i think packers nation at the moment majority of people are guilty at the minute of only seeing negatives and it's mm. it's very frustrating at the minute on social media to see some of the comments so yeah. people are at the moment focusing on devon house's down years in jacksonville if you like but they changed a system that he wasn't accustomed to playing, okay? After having a very, very good year playing the system, he was brought in to play. That's why they would target him. 
Okay, so when they picked him up, when the Packers, when it, when his contract was up at the Packers, they picked him up because he was a player that fit what they were doing. He came in, played a season, did very well at it. They then changed that system for whatever reason. And when they changed that system, they did that again. So they'd look to acquire cornerbacks again that fit the way they wanted to play now. And so anybody on the roster, obviously Devon House was always going to get a chance to, to, to make that um, change in his game because he'd had such a good year. But it didn't quite work out. And they brought people in that were used to playing that system. So they were obviously going to have a bit of a head start on him. So do not focus on the down year. Look at the year of him playing in the system that he was brought into playing and know that that system, uh, and he said it again, go and read the interviews, they're on Packers.com. Mm. Okay, he says he wants to get back to Green Bay because they play a physical style up in the face. He wants to go back to that style of playing again. And I think he will be, uh, I, I think he's going to be a real big part of our secondary this year. Yeah, so do I. And I, I think as well, Ryan, Rollins, Randall, Gunter, they're all going to, I think they're going to make that step up. Now, I know people expected them to do that last year, but they're going to scheme and plan for that now. They have all off-season to do it. They know what's expected of them. And if there's one way to hit a man's pride, it's like when something goes wrong in your gaff, right? And your missus turns around and says, can you fix it? And you're like, yeah, I'll take a look. And they go, no, it's fine. I'll get my dad, right? That hits you right in the nards. So the thing about it is, is that once you hit a man's pride like that, especially when it's magnified by a billion, when you're in the media, when you're getting trashed, when, you know, people who don't know shit are talking shit about you, um, mm-hmm. on social media you're not going to want to see that I mean Don Barkley never go on Twitter by the way um, so you know you take a hit to the nads and I think these guys are going to make a step up and as well as that look who he was taken over by in Jacksonville Jalen Ramsey one of the brightest young stars at cornerback in the league uh, Prince of Mukamara, who proved himself with the Giants made his way over to Jacksonville but Look, he was a motive, and he was saying that he was going to prove himself. Someone else who we saw a motive in the media uh, this week, Rhino, was TJ Lang. It was nice, wasn't it, to get kind of a bit of insight into how the process went down of him signing that three-year, 28.5 mil deal with the Detroit Lions. 19 million guaranteed, which is a nice sum of money, especially for an O-lineman. And as well as that, Ryan, the dude is going home. Who can argue with that? Yeah, I mean... It does kind of suck for us that he's gone to the Lions, I guess. I mean, sucks for him as well because he's not going to win a whole bunch of games over there. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, I say that in jest a little bit because I know you're probably still listening to us, TJ. Um, yeah, I, the more and more I think about it, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed because we have lost a, a top player at his position and I, I never feel that it's just easy to plug and replace in the O-line. Mm. And there's so many bad O-lines in the league. We've spoken about this before, haven't we, when we've spoken of the Colts and Tennessee and yeah. other teams we played last year. And we, we focused particularly on the line. And, you know, we've, we've joked as well about how it must be difficult to get good quality linemen when Marshall, Marshall Newhouse continues to start here and there over in, in New York – um, with the Giants so it's not easy to just plug and play on the offensive line so to lose a, a, a guy of TJ Lang's ability is disappointing but I don't want to fix on that because I know we've spoken about that before um, he's gone and got a crazy amount of money he is 29 and you know I, I'm not, I don't want to say it 29 <laughs> is not old <laughs> I had my finger over the drop button. I had it over there waiting for you to say it. I know. 29 is not old, okay? Um, And if 29 is old, then me, I'm 32 this year. So, look, 
that's probably going to be the last big contract he signs. Green Bay were not going to give him that great big contract. And there is a certain amount of risk with it because how many years has he signed for? Yeah, three years. Three years, sorry. Okay, so he's 29 now, so he's going to play till he's 32. He's had some injuries. um, Well, he's coming off that hip surgery as well. And again, people are speculating, aren't they, to say maybe the Packers know more than he does. But I, I think they're reading a bit too much into that, to be fair. And, and we have to kind of trust the Packers that they will know more than any of us, um, apart from TJ Lang and probably his agent and his doctor, because they've been close to the guy. So maybe there is just something there we haven't seen. Do you know what? He's gone and got a big payday over in Detroit. It's his hometown. He's got a large amount of money. Um, I kind of say good luck to him uh, personally, but but obviously hope that he doesn't help the Lions win too many games. Yeah, it's exactly that. And I think that's what kind of angers people. One, the guy's been around for eight years. Um, He's done a Trojan job. To see him get that recognition last year to go to the Pro Bowl when it was always Josh sitting. To see Josh... uh, Big shout out to Josh. We know he still listens even though he's with the Bears. So to see Josh go to the Bears was bad. And then to see... And especially in the circumstance that it did because we don't fully know even what happened there. Then to see TJ go to the Lions... It's a bit hard to take. And again, I think the Bears are one thing. You know, you're looking at Sitton saying, obviously, he just wanted time off in Jan and Feb. Um, but with the Lions, Matt Stafford took an, uh, took a step up when Megatron took a step out and left the league. You know, he and I said that was going to happen on one of the pods that he'd spread the ball around more. So I do believe that the Lions could be up there and could be contenders. Let's see what they do. But a nice little insight for me, Ryan, was where... It was a, I think it was the week previous where Aaron Rodgers came out and said that he expected TJ and John Kuhn to be lifers. That he didn't expect yeah. the two of them to go yeah. anywhere else. He said that they stand for what being a Packer stands for. And the quote is toughness, grit, intelligence, a dedication to the team and community. Mm-hmm. And that he wanted them to have a chance to go out in Green Bay. Now, another interesting thing that TJ came out during the week and said was, is that his strategy by saying that he wanted to be a lifer, that he didn't want to go anywhere else, came back to, and this is his words, bite him in the ass. And he said, quote, it kind of seemed like in their mind, well, we'll get him back cheap. He just wants to stay here. So again, like we never like it when players go and they take a shot at the organization, but, and we know the truth here. You know, the Packers don't overpay for anybody. They let people go once they start approaching 30 I think you raised it once on on a previous podcast, and rightly so. It's very like Lombardi. They they don't let the players get too old, and they'll cut you regardless, you know. And that's kind of what's happened here. He was approaching thirty. They don't overpay, and like he said, maybe that strategy did come back to bite him in the ass, Ryan. You know that he said that he just wanted to be there, and of course you're going to take it for granted and say. And as well as that, apparently the money that the Packers had offered was in or around what the money that Seattle and the Lions had offered, but on the Saturday when they saw that, you know, he's coming down to sign to the Packers, we need to up our game here. The Packers stayed where they were and he said everybody else just raced on by and he was 99% sure he was going to sign for the Hawks and then the Lions came out with a last gasp effort and he just said, look, and as well as that, it's his hometown. It was a no-brainer for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't hold it against him for choosing there. Did the Packers lowball him? Don't know. It's very difficult to say what a player's worth when you're talking about such incredible sums of money, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Um, it's kind of like a hard world to understand. People will often say things like, um, you know, what, why do they need a few million more uh, to go someplace else? I'd just stay with that team. Well, the problem is when you say that is that you're a fan of that team you're talking about 
um, and you would probably, in all realistically, you would play for free mm. if you had the chance to play for the for the Green Bay Packers. Um, but it's very hard to understand those amounts of money, yeah. whether it's a couple of million, five million, ten million. Um, you know, if if you if you essentially don't live in that world, which most of us, uh, I think, do not. So it's it's difficult to understand. And I think um, at the same time as well, these guys put their bodies on the line uh, and take incredible risk every time they step on a, even a training field, let alone a playing field. Um, so when they get the chance to make their money, I don't think you can hold it against them. No. You, can, you know, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. This is the one I, I feel like I'm just sitting on the fence with this one constantly. Yes, I'm disappointed he's gone. I can't figure out if it's right or wrong. I guess we will only know in the upcoming years whether this was a good or bad decision. But yeah, it's very Packers. It's very Packers. And, and historically, it's always been this way. You don't overpay the guys that are getting on and you constantly bring through fresh and new. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, personally for me, I've got my tail between my legs because, uh, you know, that's where it's supposed to be. Uh, no, I, I have my tail between my legs because... I was angry with the Josh Sitton scenario and then Lane Taylor stepped in and just was a world beater. So I don't want to judge before we see what happens. You know, I'm as as you I'm I'm you know I'm looking at it going, Jesus, if you're gonna pay a guy, pay him. Uh but at the same time you're kinda thinking, let's see what they have up their sleeves and then we can rant and rave then if it all goes tits up. But Ryan, it's that time again. It's time to go to Clown of the Week. Right, right now, uh, as usual, um, we usually I let you sort of sound off, but I'm going to jump in first on this one, say a little bit. I want to get your take on it, and then maybe I can round it out. We had a video, and we tweeted it out from the group account, and the clown of the week this week is a guy called Colin Cowherd. Now, some people are saying, <laughs> yeah? I, I need to jump in. Oh, God, all right. Please forgive me. Please forgive me if I'm wrong here, mm. and, and I mean no disrespect, Colin, because I know you're listening. Um is Colin Cowherd his real name or is that like a stage name? It's silly enough to be his real name. I think if you're going to pick a name... Because you've got the double be... C, haven't you? You've got yeah. the double C. That's often quite... Off, you know, the same letter beginning the first and the second name is quite often a stage name sort of thing. Mm. But Cowherd. Yeah. Would you call... Is a group of cows a herd of cows? Yeah, it is. You're it is. You're from a farming country, aren't you? Yeah, that's correct. So, and all of Wisconsin so, listeners will be like, that's correct. Exactly. So I just feel like, is, is that his real name? But like Colin Sexbeast would be fake. Colin Cowherd? True. Mm. Mm, yeah. And I guess as well, historically, people's names generally come from their occupations, don't they? Yeah. If you think of it, butcher or baker or... Um, is this the time we can win and discuss your second name at Peacock? Can you please explain? Peacock. Well, no, I, I think, I, you know, don't know. No clue. Peacock Farmers? I yeah. don't really know. But but you know maybe at some point his father it was Colin Colin son of the cow herder I don't know so he's a shepherd basically so let me talk about this shepherd right so everyone knows this guy and people tell us like Skip Bayless like Lady Gaga uh, not all sportscasters <laughs> they say ignore them and their meat dress who's looking at you Skip and they go away you know and this is a guy who has a history of sounding off to get... Because, look, and this is what we have to stress to people when we get them on. So when Greg Jennings comes on or Mason Crosby comes on or whatever, we have to say, look, I'm not going to try to ask you, uh, what's Aaron Rodgers like? Is he, you know... I'm not going to try to diss 
and get dirt. We're Packers fans. We love the Packers. We're not going to get anybody on to try to get them to give us a soundbite. When Greg Jennings was on, I said to Greg at the start, I said, Greg, I'm not going to ask you who do you prefer, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. It's old. It's dated. And I don't want to go and give you a Sophie's choice to talk trash about our current quarterback because we all know he stands on it. I'm not going there. Now, he proceeded to tell us that he didn't want to go to Green Bay and he really hoped that he wouldn't come up. So he gave us the stuff anyway, not that we were looking for it. But anyway, I digress. So Colin Cowherd came out with a video and he discussed some stuff in the video. And it was it's a weird one, Ryan, isn't it? Because we tweeted it out saying, look at this dude. And then people come back and said, I kind of agree with him. <laughs> you know, we were kind of like, hmm. You know, because we never want to put something out that the Packers would look at and yeah. go, lads, don't peddle this stuff. But it's a weird, Ryan, do no. you agree with this guy? Do, do you agree with some of the stuff he's saying? I think we need to make it clear to the guys out there. We we generally, before these podcasts, I, I know it sounds, well, no, I feel it sounds very professional, actually. Mm. Um, but we do have pre-production meetings, believe it or not, where we may discuss some of the things going on and maybe we make notes and research and all the rest of it. And I was thinking, when we were talking of Clown of the Week and who it's going to be, mm. I was thinking, okay, yeah, Clown of the Week, Colin Coward, yeah, that video. And then I think to myself, I'll, I'll go back and watch it again because, you know, I've been asleep and had about 14 beers since I last watched it. <laughs> but I thought I'd best go back and watch it again. And then I'm wondering, is he actually the Clown of the Week? Oh, yeah? Because, well, I just want to go on one particular point that he raises here, right? Mm. And it's the line where he essentially says that Aaron Rodgers is carrying the team. Yeah. Now, Colin Cowherd in the past has always been an, another one, a bit like Skip, Skip, uh, Skip Bayless. There's always been pretty down on Aaron Rodgers for, for no reason, it seems. Okay. So, but he says Aaron Rodgers is carrying this team, which is a negative on the Packers, but I guess a positive for Aaron Rodgers, if you like, that he has the ability to do it. Yeah. Now, I would have to say, I mean, last season and the season before, hmm. Green Bay only got as far as they did and did as well as they did with with some teams which really probably weren't good enough at times. And, and, and certainly last year, a team that was ravaged by injuries. But they managed to stay competitive and still nearly achieve the sort of unbelievable, if you like, by getting as far as the championship game last year because of Aaron Rodgers' brilliance. So... In that sense, uh, essentially, I agree with what he's saying. So, I don't know. Is, can we really call him Clown of the Week? Yes. Or are we saying he is Clown of the Week? Okay, <laughs> I, go I on then. Tell can. me why he's Clown of the Week. Well, let me jump in, right? So I always let... like it when we have a have a little on on sort of on air Barney on air Argy Bargy. But let, let's jump, let me jump in and give people why I because again because what it's. Let's give people what we do. So we sort of discuss who we want to be clown of the week. And then you might say something like, nah, I don't agree with that. And then, you, or I say something, you're like, no, no, I hate that. But then we're like, right, let's roll with it. And let's not talk about it now. And let's discuss it when it comes to air. And this, this is kind of what we're doing. So let me air it out. Colin Cowherd is a guy who uh, got on his show and he starts saying, he called out Aaron Rodgers' father. He calls out his brother. He says his family are, quote, needy. He he says that he goes on and talks about someone else, and then he says, "Look, you know, the family obviously just want to be famous, you know." And then he saying, then he starts repeating claims that have been, now they're claims. Now he keeps saying that he has, uh, you know, he has backup and he has sources and all this type of stuff. Don't but, you always think the problem with sources that aren't prepared to put their name on something is one because they're even doing it when they really shouldn't be doing it, mm. like in terms of when they say a GM has said this about somebody at the draft. Yeah. 
even though we all know that basically that's somebody's agent creating a story. Yeah. Uh, but anybody that doesn't really want to put their name to a source either doesn't exist or mm. is talking complete bullshit. Yeah, and that that's the thing about this guy. He says he has sources and then he retrospectively looks back and goes, well, that source was Jermichael Finley or that source was Greg Jennings. So he says that he had sources and then he, then he repeats the claims and they are claims dissing Aaron Rodgers that have been in the papers. So then, uh, then he had this whole video of, uh, and the video was, and this is when we were you know, down in the dumps and people were going on radio shows and writing off the Packers and calling all Packer fans delusional and that we weren't going to make the playoffs. And he speculates about people, you know, criticizing Aaron Rodgers and he says that his personality was holding the Packers back and he said that Randall Cobb took a shot at Aaron Rodgers. That, and he tried to form this, you know, little spat and drama about Cobb had come out and said, this is a time that we need to stick together. At the same week that Aaron Rodgers came out and said, you know, the, you know, certain people on the team, or I don't know what his quote was, but he tried to set the two of them against each other. And his quote was, Green Bay Media, get on this. And he tried to get the media to personally go after Aaron Rodgers because he said that he's, his personality was bad. He says that McCarthy and Rodgers don't get along. And he goes as far to say that Aaron Rodgers badmouths McCarthy in private meetings and not so private meetings were his words. So he's trying to create beef between Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb. He's trying to create beef between Aaron Rodgers and his family. Now you might go, well, the beef is already there. They're not going to listen to Colin Cowherd and go, oh, did you hear what he said? But, you know, it's kind of just stoking the flames. And then he asks the Green Bay media to stoke the flames. And he's, yeah. he tries to character assassinate Aaron Rodgers. He tries to bring his family into it. And he has this one video where he says, oh, I don't like talking about people's family and all that. But since they mentioned it in the media, I'm going to go all out. And then he goes all out and starts talking to them. So that that's that's the kind of basis of who this guy is. And then he comes out and basically says that you should just listen to Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, he's saving the organization. And he one of his quotes was, and this is why he's a clown for me, Aaron Rodgers wants Jared Cook. He's not going to get him. And he says, you know, Kobe Bryant gets who he wants or whoever these basketball players are. And he says that all of these players get what they want. Peyton Manning got what he wanted. Tony Romo got what he wanted, whatever. And Aaron Rodgers wants Darren Cook, but he's, he's not going to get him. Jared Cook was the 11th best tight end in the league last year. And the Packers have went out and got Martellus Bennett, a Super Bowl winner, an ex-basketball player who was scouted out of high school. He's an exceptional player. Now, he might have some sort of, you know, personal circumstances because he's fought with every team there's ever been on. But as well as that, Ryan, uh, Martellus Bennett has stayed. He was injured last year, but he played all 16 games of the regular season. Uh, you know, nursing ankle injuries, so- shoulder injuries, whatever it was. They've got mm-hmm. Martellus Bennett and they've also got Kendricks. And they've got, he's I, a serviceable tight end. And Bennett was number 10. Now, now you might say Kendricks, eh, you know. But no, no, no. Kendricks will be good. Kendricks mm-hmm. will be good for this team. Yeah. And, and don't doubt that, right? And... For me, I can't believe that we are still, and when I say we, I mean generally Pat Nation here, that we're still worrying about what Jared Cook's doing. Mm. Because had he gone and we'd done nothing at this stage and we were going, well, we might pick somebody up in the draft, yes, I'd be worrying about losing him. But we replaced him with Martellus Bennett. So the fact he's gone on a sign for the Raiders this week, Mm. I, I mean, guys, let's stop talking about it and look forward because what have we actually lost here? We've lost a very serviceable tight end. Somebody that was a, a reliable target for Aaron Rodgers. A target that Aaron Rodgers had a lot of confidence in. And yes, wanted to be on the team and wanted him to stick around. Of course he did. I bet he also wanted Martellus Bennett on the team. Yeah, but Ron, you, you just know? have to... Exactly. And if you just look at the tweet that Aaron Rodgers released after Bennett was signed, was a gif of himself. Yeah. And it says, hashtag relax. And it's the one where he's kind of given that smug face. So Aaron Rodgers is happy. So the fact that... 
uh, Colin Cowherd is coming out saying, oh, well, he wanted Jaron Cook and didn't get him. Yeah, he got someone better and he's happy about it. So shut your tits. And yeah, on top of that, exactly. th- there's two more points that I want to sort of raise as to why I think he's a clown. Number one, he says that Green Bay are an average team. And you might sort of, and, and people are saying, yeah, he's right. Like the defense is average. Yeah, they, look, the defense is average. The defense is injured. The defense were destroyed last year. Yeah. We, please, st- we cannot judge them. If, if they were, it's like people, yes, the defense was average last year. At times it was bad. Mm. Um, the secondary barely got a game to all play together as a unit. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, anyone can make that assumption that they were, they were average last year. Yeah. Were they, would, they, would they have been average had they all been on the field for the majority of the year? Probably not. No, and in fact, the first six games of the season or whatever it was, we had the best run defense in the league. So, you know, and then we got ravaged with injury. We're dropping safeties in as as linebackers. So he says they're an average team. Now look at Jordy Nelson. He led the league in touchdowns. Look at Devontae Adams. He was up there as well. Uh, as we've mentioned, to, to say that he only, pay, I think he only played 10 games, Jared Cook, but he was still the 11th best tight end in the league. Um, we had Geronimo Allison come in, do his thing. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, where he is. So if you want to talk about the Packers being an average team, yet they still reach the NFC Championship game. Now, we get waxed by the Falcons, but we all kind of suspected that it happened. Mm-hmm. So if you want to call them an average team, but the one that gets me is, is he said that Green Bay have to overpay in free agency. And he says that because no one wants to play in Green Bay. He says that there's nothing to do there. It's a cold place. No one wants to play. Like, the thing is... It's ridiculous. Is, it's, it's, it's crazy, Ryan, isn't it? Because, now again, look, there's credence to some of it because... Uh, when we went went on the the trolley tour in Green Bay, when we went over with the group, Mike Holmgren's um, PA uh, secretary and Wonder Woman, she she did so much for him. Um, it's it's a disservice to call her a secretary or a PA. I mean, she was she know she's no so much, but she does this tour, and she said that when Reggie came, when they were trying to sign Reggie, and he came up to Green Bay, what everyone in the office was told: don't mention the weather don't say too much cold outside just don't mention it and because you don't want to you know let that be a factor and we have heard people say it's a quiet town it's not a whole lot to do but you're treated like a king up there and on top of that you get to play with the best quarterback that this league has ever seen Eh, and we don't want to get into the argument that it could be Tom Brady but that's why he's my clown to say that we should overpay for players someone with the most championships in league history with the with the rich history and to reach the playoffs in the style that we do and a la last year wasn't great you know, and to say that we should overpay, you know, everyone's overpaying anyway at the moment, but that we should overpay, Ryan, because we're little Green Bay and that no one wants to play for us. Mm-hmm. Like, take Greg Pete, Jennings' comment out of the way, but I think that's bullshit, man. Everyone wants to play in Green Bay. Everyone would love to jump at the chance to play for a franchise like that. Yes, it's a small town team. Not all of these players came out of, you know, central, I don't know, New York, Chicago or Los Angeles. Some of these guys, high school days and back growing up, would have come from small town places. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of players that would benefit from playing in a place like Green Bay. Um, I've just got to think of, you know, players that generally get in trouble a lot. Maybe Johnny Manziel, not that we would have ever, <laughs> ever, ever drafted that guy. But you know what I'm trying to say? If he's playing in Green Bay, there's nothing for him to go and do, everyone's saying. His agent's probably going, oh, God, I hope there's nothing for him to go and do. <laughs> you know, there's no boat parties for him to go on at, at minus 20 degrees or whatever yeah, it is that yeah. day. You know, there's no. So actually, do you know what, Colin Cowherd? Bullshit. <laughs> and, and actually, yeah, you convinced me. So I tried to stick up for Colin because I kind of agree. I do agree with the things that, yes, the Packers are probably where they are. But, and they have rode Rogers a little bit and he must have the world's strongest back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, OK. 
He wins. Yeah. You win. Clown no, of the week. Absolutely. And um, again, to your point, if we look at that tight end coat like Erla. Remember, he was a trouble and he came to Green Bay and he, he sort of shone for a while. Now, I'll be here this preseason. Now, they let him go and I think he went into a life of crime. But apart from that, uh, maybe, potentially, I think he fell off the wagon. I thought I saw something. I, I'm going to say allegedly because I thought I saw... Um, some type of article and Latroy Guyon I think Guyon. he did get back into trouble yeah, yeah yeah sure and Latroy Guyon good as gold when he's in Green Bay he's seen his from Mike Daniels was on the podcast a uh, big shout out to Mike mm-hmm. uh, and Latroy Guyon leaves Green Bay and then all of a sudden he's you know gets this crazy bust but anyway yeah and Johnny Jolly was another one I think back yeah. when he was in Texas was it yeah so when he was in the Packers no trouble whatsoever goes back home back to you know so Green Bay is not such a bad place to be yeah sometimes having nothing to do uh, isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, especially if you're a cheeky hooer. But Ryan, let's talk about um, departures because we've seen some departures. Now, we've kind of touched on it with Jared Cook uh, signed with the Raiders. Eddie Lacy Doesn't goes matter. to the Seahawks. And no uh, D- Dayton <laughs> Jones has gone uh, to, the, to the Vikes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our spot done. So we've had Ryan's okay. input. We've Have had... I answered everything you wanted answering there? I think so, yeah. But let's let's touch on Cook real quick. It was interesting. Do you want to go go a little more into depth? Is what you're asking for? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. I know you've got notes there. Yeah, I know you've got a plethora of notes. Let's not just leave it at the one word. Uh, Jared Cook. <laughs> they say that his agent blew the deal, uh, and he's ended up taking less money and a lesser deal in Oakland. From what we've discussed earlier in the podcast, it seems that you're in the same sort of boat as me. That Martellus Bennett is an upgrade, which he is per Pro Football Focus. He's number ten. Uh, Jared Cook is pretty close at number eleven. Um. Nothing really to talk about here, is there? I mean, no. like what you well, said, the only thing I wanted to talk about really with Jared Cook is touchdowns last year. I mean, the, mm. the way people are acting, and remember how people reacted when they found out we were signing him. They're going, "Oh, he's he's no good. He's he's not really done anything in in St. Louis, and you know, he's drops loads of balls." I think was one of the comments we kept hearing. Yeah. Now all of a sudden he plays in Green Bay for one year, and everyone's going, "Oh, we can't lose him." That's the whole, you know, the Ted Thompson's letting this whole team fall apart around Aaron Rodgers. Mm. You know, it's it's incredible how people can change that their opinion so drastically. But I was kind of looking back on some of his um, stats, and I noticed that ESPN, when I first looked at it, I thought out it wrong, and it said that last year in in, in regular and postseason had three touchdowns. Mm. one in the regular season and two in the postseason so what we're doing now is we're all getting up in arms and saying how Ted Thompson's completely ruined the team letting it fall apart because we've lost three touchdowns Mm. now people are going oh he offers a lot more than that you know know, he'll bring coverages in on top of him and he he does this and it's the yards getting up to to this out of place and the touch and and the catch out on the touch line and all the rest of it right I understand Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks can both do the same thing. It's Aaron Rodgers that makes that player as good as he is, and it's Aaron Rodgers that will make Bennett and Kendricks as good as they will be this season. So please, let's not worry about it. And also, if it was the agent that ballsed up on his contract offer and caused him to lose money, this is why I truly, truly believe in most sports, agents are more trouble than they're worth. Yeah, we've seen it with the likes of Paul Pogba, Pogba in English football. That saga is still uh, trundling on, you know. The fact that his agent was like, I want all this type of money. Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous because he got two years, 12.2 million in Oakland. Uh, but it's, people are saying it's effectively a one-year deal because the guaranteed money is all in the first year. And the second year, they can kind of choose to cut his contract after a year. Now, if you look at Jared Cook's... Uh, seasons with the team he's been with so with the Titans it was just flashes of brilliance at the start and then he kind of disappeared so then he went to the Rams excellent when he started 
kind of disappeared. The Packers, brilliant when he was on. Like I said, you know, more so because of the threat that he could pose. And you're dead right, three touchdowns, uh, 30 receptions for 377 yards in the regular season, uh, 229 yards and 18 receptions in the postseason with two touchdowns. So he was almost he was better, in fact, in the postseason, 12.2 yards uh, per catch average versus 12.6, marginally better, but more touchdowns. You know, but I mean, where the Packers being smart, he starts off well and peters out. And then if you compare the two of them, you know, Jared Cook... Uh, starts off well falls off you know he gets injured he's not durable Martellus Bennett is durable and like we spoke about you know there's kind of these issues around Martellus Bennett where he can be a bit hot-headed but Mike Daniels certainly seems excited about it saying that he's the type of bully that he want to work that he wants to work with yeah you know I so mean, look the guy Martellus Bennett is a guy that is driven to win Okay, and he might show that in a slightly different way to another player but if you've heard Mike Daniels talk if you heard uh Leroy but, uh, Butler talk. You know, these players talk about playing with pure aggression. I mean, the NFL, if it's nothing else, is, is a game where essentially you have to hit the other guy harder before he hits you. You know, you, yeah. it's, it's a violent game. People will act like that, and sometimes things spill over. But essentially, he's driven to win. So don't worry about that. I also don't want people misunderstanding me on Jared Cook. I thought he was a great player for Green Bay. I think he'll do really, really well with the Raiders. I just don't think... It's the great big loss that everyone else is making it out to be. No, that's, I, that's all it's exactly. No, I agree with you, and I think most people would Ryan, because it's having a tight end and it's the tread of what he would do was pulling coverages away, and also obviously he was he was capable. And I I'll always be affectionate to Jared Cook for two reasons: one that that ankle drag catch, this you know, and then added to that kind of a an amendment to that is is hearing the story that he did that in practice and he stepped out instead and they thought he'd caught it so he didn't make the same mistake a second time which is kind of fascinating to see that he saw this as a way to make a difference and he did and then secondly is that photo of Aaron Rodgers hugging Jared Cook and just the you know the sheer delight on his face that they'd made the playoffs and McCarthy making an example of him and saying that you know this is look at this player and this is how much it means and never take this stuff for granted and also Ryan I'm sort of thinking look at what Martellus Bennett was able to do with a lowly quarterback like Tom Brady imagine what he could do with a good quarterback like Aaron Rodgers (laughs) yeah absolutely you know to go from sort of a mid-tier quarterback to playing Mm. with a goat is going to make a big difference (laughs) but on top of that so speaking of more departures we've Eddie Lacy Eddie Lacy hot tails it off to another rival of ours the Seattle Seahawks um he was a big guy so one of them the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel has said that he was 267 pounds at one of these free agent visits and to put that into perspective Lacey when he came out of Alabama was weighing in at 231 I mean that's a lot of adage yeah. Ryan that, you know apparently and, that was apparently that was more than Nick Perry weighed in when he signed his contract in Green Bay that's just and that's madness. a linebacker madness yeah, pure nuts and as well as that for those exact reasons now Pete Carroll came out and said that he wants Eddie um, he he likes him big you know Marshawn was big uh, but there's $385,000 of a weight clause in Eddie Lacy's contract now he weighed in at 267 so the, the clauses and he gets 55 grand for every time he hits a certain benchmark so if he comes in at 255 in May 55 grand 250 in June 55 grand uh, that's June and August, and then 245 by September, October, November, December. So Pete Carroll yeah. says that if he's playing in the 240 range, he's going to be most effective. But Ryan, 
I think what people are freaking out with Eddie Lacy is is that what it leaves us with is just Ty Montgomery and again Don Jackson uh, at running back. It, you know, it, it creates another yeah. need along with TJ Lang in the draft. But look, there's, there's plenty that can be done here. There's still veteran guys out there and I've seen plenty of people um, making the case, uh, you know, should we be signing a, a veteran guy like AP or Jamal Charles? Personally, I don't think we'll do that. Mm. But there are veteran guys still out there available. We've got our own, if you want to call him a veteran. He's, I think, you know, Christine Michael, who actually really excites me. And I know you Same, like him yeah, as well. Yeah. And I, I kind of don't understand why we haven't got something done. I mean, there's clearly not a lot of interest in him. Uh, I saw people say, oh, yeah, but he's really got to improve on his on his pass protection and this, that and the other. And, you know, he made some mistakes on plays and, and it was highlighted on the media. He came into a team halfway through the year and really had to get up to speed quickly. He would be a very, very different player if he has a whole off-season to work with Green Bay and um, and then move forward with the team and see a full season. I'd really like to see him back. Hmm. I'm pretty sure with the amount of good running backs in this year's draft, you will see a running back taken. So does it bother me we only have Ty and Don on the team? Um no, not really, because I think there's still a lot to be done, um, you know, until until that group of players is settled. I'd be surprised if John Jackson manages to stick around. Um, mm, yeah. But, you know, good luck to him. He, he's obviously there for a reason, but I would be surprised if he sticks about. Yeah, and who who else do we need? Look, we've Aaron Ripkowski. I mean, that's all that needs to be said. I, I say just, just drop Rip, all Rip of them. Rip and Carriage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> that's a weird I, one. I, I, I saw, you know, we got two fullbacks on the squad, which is awesome. I think in 2010, though, we actually had two fullbacks on the squad as well. So, uh, and we all know what happened that year. Um, but we got two fullbacks on the squad. Does that mean Rip's going to go more towards a running back role? But I don't know. But it will be fun to see that happening. Look, there's so much that can still happen in terms of player acquisition, whether it be free free agency, the draft, undrafted free agents. There's still so much that can happen. So let's all chill out and just enjoy the ride. And there's an interesting thing that I sort of noticed is that Jared Cook is far better at run blocking than Martellus Bennett, and now Jared Cook is gone. So I don't know what... And you can sort of see that we're going to be playing two tight end sets, and they're not going to depend maybe on Martellus Bennett to be... Obviously, because you have him in as a tight end, you don't really want him to be run blocking anyway. But the thing is that they have Aaron Ripkowski, who has literally stepped into the shoes of Kuhn, and then they've carriage there. So maybe they're going to use the fullback role and they want to have fullback roles to be, to mm-hmm. come in as more of a blocker there. And they don't know what's going to happen with the O-line now with TJ Langon. So maybe they need that extra protection for A-Rod. Yeah. But I think what people are sort of freaked out about with Lacey was maybe the potential that Lacey had and not the actual player that Lacey had become. Because if you look at his rookie season, he got the NFL's Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2013. He'd back-to-back 1,100-yard seasons, uh, which was amazing. I went out, bought his jersey, got excited about him. But then, Ryan, we saw these sort of discipline issues creep in. And for such a quiet guy who shied away from the media reports, like we've said on the podcast before, we tried to get him on to get an interview for years, which, mm-hmm. you know, Lacey, Eddie... We don't want that interview now. So the thing is, is that his weight became an issue. He ballooned in weight. You know, it came out. And we sort of thought that, like, what, you know, what is it? Like, is he just being indisciplined or is he trying to bulk up a bit much? Or is it because of the injuries that he's eating more because he doesn't have as much playing time? But it turned out that when he met up with Tony Horton, the P90X founder, 
he was sort of saying that Eddie had no idea about nutrition or diet or how to eat. He was still eating deep fried foods and that's how he was putting on so much weight. So there was the weight issues. Um, then we heard that he missed a curfew and he was left on the bench by McCarthy. He said, you know, if this guy's going to break rules and not follow the rules, well, then we're going to leave him there. So in 2015, he ended up with only 758 yards. And then he only came in for five games last season. Average 5.1 yards per carry, which is pretty okay. And uh, then he had that ankle injury and he was out. So I think people are kind of looking at his first two seasons, looking at rookie of the year, uh, which a Packer hadn't won, I think, since the 70s. And maybe that, Ryan, what got to people was the potential for Eddie Lacy to come back yeah. to what he was. But I don't think he was I, ever going. I think this is the thing, right? Eddie Lacy, you know, I'm going to love the guy because there's nothing more exciting than see Eddie Lacy running. You know, when he, when he spins and he bounces off a few defenders and he's still on his feet and then somebody else tackles him and he's still on his feet and, you know, and then he's into the secondary and then he's, you know, is there anything more exciting than, than seeing a fullback in that old school style of running, just pounding defenders and running over them? So I love the guy. You know, I've got a signed Eddie Lacy helmet here, um, which I will not be selling. Um <laughs> Because I have noticed there's a lot of people selling them off for very cheap prices at the moment. Yeah. But uh, I will not be selling mine. You know, I'm a big fan. But I do believe that he's not irreplaceable for the Green Bay Packers. Um, and I also feel that a lot of our problems with the and – and I've said this before, and I know it doesn't really relate to Eddie Lacy, but it relates to our running game in general. The reason our running game in general has not been very good has been because we don't know how to use a running game. Yeah. So. I don't know. I fully expect Eddie Lacy to go to Seattle. Um, I think he'll understand he has to get in shape because he's not going to get too many more chances if he continues to pick up injuries, um, continues to not keep his weight where it should be. Then the life of an NFL running back, I think on average, is something like two and a half, three years. You know, I haven't got that written down, but I remember it being very short for an average NFL running back span. So he's already passed that, so he's doing well, but he won't get many more shots at something like this so i think he'll do very well in seattle and almost again good luck to eddie lacy um just just not so much to the seahawks but another one that went and again i went to a division rival was dayton jones uh again a very emotional response from dayton on his social media he says since joining the green bay packers in 2013 i felt nothing but the support and camaraderie from the organization teammates and fans alike it's been an incredible place and city to call home for four seasons and I'll always be grateful for the opportunity. Then he goes on to thank some people personally. Uh, a nice touch from Dayton. There was a lot expected of Dayton, wasn't there, Ryan, when he came to the Packers, but he just simply didn't live up to the hype. Yeah, and I actually like Dayton Jones as a, as a signing. I actually have a, a signed jersey of his, which is a shame because I haven't even managed to get in a frame yet, and he's, he's left. But don't worry, Dayton, I'm sure you don't care one bit. No. Um but no, in terms of it as a player, largely, I guess, I don't want to use the word disappointing, but I guess largely he was disappointing in his time in Green Bay. You know, it was a big a big pick, first round pick uh, out of UCLA, I believe, uh, and someone that was really tipped to be a, almost plugged straight in, uh, sort of big difference maker from the start of, it, of his time in, in, in Green Bay. So disappointing when you sort of look at his career stats were sacks nine, one interception, no forced fumbles, seven passes deflected over, I think it was 59 games. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it wasn't the best of careers, I guess. He just didn't quite live up to the hype in Green Bay. Um, 
I don't really know why. I think he had he had he had times where he looked absolutely fantastic and really did look like the player that we obviously thought he was when we drafted him. And then and then he had other games where he was almost almost disappeared. I quite liked him when they made him stand up and they, they moved him to the outside linebacker role. Um, do they call it? Is it that's the elephant backer? Is it they call it? Yeah, the elephant backer. Yeah, so, I, I loved it when I saw that. I've I was still, like, mm, never heard of that before. Yeah. I'm still not 100 percent sure what that is, but yeah, <laughs> yeah the elephant backer role. Um, you know, I like I quite liked him there, but I, I guess things just didn't quite work out, and he's kind of got paid and becomes becomes the Vikings uh, this year's Vikings pick. I mean, they do it; they must have done it every year, haven't they? Yeah, it's they pretty picked much... up at least somebody from the Packers. Yeah, isn't it weird? Like uh, most of our players in free agency have actually visited the Vikings, the Lions, the Bills for some reason they're trying to emulate us but like you said Ryan yeah they moved into outside linebacker there were games where he disappeared uh, but obviously he's gone from a 3-4 to a 4-3 now in uh, Minnesota so he'll, he'll likely play back on the line again as a D lineman um, so mm-hmm. I, well, I don't think we'll see him flying around the, the pitch so the field I should say I keep saying pitch but yeah I think that's all the, the real sort of standout yeah. departures we we kind of I think the only thing the only thing I wanted to look at and obviously I can't believe that when you're talking about standout departures that you seem to have forgotten Mike Pennell who's gone to the New York Jets mm. yeah. I can't believe you've forgotten him but I know yeah it's just one of those ones uh, that slipped under the radar yeah to be fair I almost missed it as well but I just happened to see it so I think that all that says all we need to know about whether Pennell's a loss or not <laughs> um yeah but I think I think one thing I've continually seen, and I'm sure our, our listeners have probably seen, because a lot of people are talking about it, and it's just the whole draft and develop myth thing. Um, is it a myth uh, or not? And and I think what everyone's focusing on at the moment is that 2013 draft. Okay. So, and the reason for that being is I'll, I'll read out the names now: um, Dayton Jones, Eddie Lacy. David Bakhtiari, J.C. Tretter, Jonathan Franklin, Micah Hyde, uh, Josh Boyd, Nate Palmer, Charles Johnson, Kevin Dorsey, Sam Barrington. Yeah. So out of that whole list, the only player that remains with us is Bakhtiari. Mm. So when you look down there, obviously there's a couple of players you can't help. Jonathan Franklin, unfortunately, had to retire through, through some pretty bad injury problems. Yeah. Um, but let's face it, from probably Boyd down. I mean, Boyd's Josh Boyd's now free agent. Nate Palmer's in Tennessee. Charles Johnson. I was I was convinced. I was trying to do this from memory. I was convinced he was playing in the CFL, but it says he's with the Panthers. Um, he was with the Vikes for ages. He was just traded this year, I think. Oh right, okay. Uh, Kevin Dorsey is a free agent. Sam Barrington's in New Orleans. You know, those sort of guys. Out of those, I probably miss Sam Barrington. I think he probably. I, I'm still not 100 sure why he went. I thought we could have used him. Um, Hyde, I thought, yeah, okay, very good player. He's done well to get his money in Buffalo. We'd have never, never sort of matched that money. No. Tretter, backup for us, got starters money for the Browns. You can't place him. And we've already spoke about Lacey and Dayton Jones. So people are starting to say this whole draft and develop thing. The whole point of draft and develop is you draft a player, you develop them, and then you essentially re-sign them at the end of that contract, essentially at the end of the developing period. So from 13, out of all those players that we drafted to develop and therefore hopefully sign again, we've only kept Bakhtiari. Now, I don't think it's a myth that we draft and develop. I think we are drafting to develop our players, and I think that will continue to be the philosophy of the Green Bay Packers. 
the problem is, I guess it's it's difficult to always continually hit hit well, essentially hit the nail on the head with your picks in the draft, isn't it? It's hard to get them right all the time. Now, Ted Thompson does his best by getting as many draft picks as he can every year to because essentially you've got more picks, you've got more chances of getting good ones. Um, but there's a number of players in there. I mean, people are saying, you know, how come they've all what did 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 people want every single one of that 2013 draft class to remain with the Packers, with the exception of Franklin, who retired? You know, I think you can argue maybe for three or four of those players, but not all of them. So I think it's actually simply that, yes, we're a draft and developed franchise still. I think we'll continue to be that. But it's just essentially that it's not very easy to continually hit in the draft. And actually, we probably need to do a bit better this time around in the draft because we're probably not hitting the jackpot i guess you could say we're not hitting the jackpot enough when we're drafting at the moment yeah and again though that's one year i mean you have to you know you don't build like rome wasn't built in a day you have to pick a number of years and do the same analysis also you need to look at the undrafted guys because uh Mm -hmm. you know ted is adept at picking up undrafted guys and another way to look at it how many players on the packers have played for other teams and you probably find four maybe it's it's few yeah tiny you know and that that's the thing as well that's another way to prove it that have we drafted and developed of course we have because how many undra how many you know signed free agents have we actually got on the team that have played elsewhere you know and we only signed players that make an impact and that was martellus bennett so that that's another way to look at it so you know instead of trying to go back through all of the years and try strip out who it was just look at the players who we brought in and then that kind of proves it and you don't hate the jackpot and another thing that stands out for me yes we didn't keep players then, but look at the amount of players that did go to other teams that have stayed in the NFL, you know, and they are uh, players that to our credit, we could have signed had we wanted to, but we just decided that we didn't want to. So we could have to draft and developed even in that year that you mentioned it, that proves that it works, but we just mm-hmm. decided not to keep them, but they made starter roles elsewhere. Micah High, JC Treader, you know, now in hindsight, should we have kept Treader because Lang's gone? Who knows? You know, and that's that's something that you have to look at. But maybe they have something up their sleeve. Um, There's a plan. There is a plan. There has to be a plan. Always, always with TT. We got always to the NFC Championship. In TT. Yeah, big time. And again, I know we get a we get some heat over that saying, "Oh, lads, you know, I always look at the silver lining." But come on, give us a break. I mean, it worked out the last time, and we don't want to preempt something and say it's crap. But we will be the first people to say that it is crap, like we did last year on the podcast if it all goes tits up but anyway Rhino I think it's time we'll get into uh, fan of the week and we're going to replay our sexy music and we will have a fan this time we did have Charlotte last week um, but for some reason the software didn't work and I know I took some heat over Twitter over that so we have a guy uh, I won't actually mention who he is I'll I'll let the intro do it one of my favourite people in the whole world one of your heroes yeah which just just, just a bit of a man crusher yeah big time and let's hit the sexy euro dance house music with the glow sticks and uh, me and Ryan I'll be back to you after we talk to this man legend meet the fan meet the fan well there you go that's the new uh, kind of I don't know that's the sexy house jingle and speaking of sexy house we have a look. This is a privilege. Uh, we mentioned this guy on a previous podcast. We kind of called him the big daddy of Packer fans worldwide. This guy sort of represents who we are, uh, what we do as Packer fans, and I actually want to find out off him the distance between him and Green Bay versus us and Green Bay. This is Packer legend. You'll see him online. If you're not following him, 
following him online shame on you it's at 63 GB Packer fan it's Kurt Koza that was a big intro Kurt I'm terribly sorry for such a short guy that's a big long intro for me that was awesome Steve that was awesome I appreciate it well look Kurt we all know you from online anyone who doesn't know you online I have to say get out from underneath that rock and get following because your Instagram was ridiculous uh, your Facebook is ridiculous your Twitter is redonkulous the amount of videos, Kurt, and March and Packer players, you know, is insanity. But before we get into just how famous you are, you're probably the most famous Packer fan of us. Forget about Steve, the owner, right? It's all about Kurt Kozat, the fireman. Yeah. So tell uh, us, Kurt, where are you from? And, like, who are you, Kurt? What's going on? Well, let's see. Um, I live in Elk Grove, California, so it's a little ways away from Green Bay. Right. Uh, I... I've been a Packer fan, obviously, since 1963, hence the Twitter <laughs> handle. Okay. Um, I was five years old when I started liking the Packers, you know, not knowing much about, you know, two Y banana schemes and all that other <laughs> stuff. I, uh, I basically just like the colors of the team. Yeah. I like the, the green and the gold. Right. And so I kind of just stuck with it. And, you know, I lived through the 70s and the 80s as, as tumultuous as that was. And right. As heartbreaking as it was, yeah. but, you know, that's part of being a fan. Yeah, because, uh, do you know what strikes me about that story, Kurt, is, is that sometimes when they, because an awful lot of fans over here, that's why they became fans. Some guys are from a place in England called Norwich, and why they became a Packers fan, because the Norwich Football Club has the same colour as the, you know, the green and yellow as the Packers. And sometimes we've heard from people that when they say that story, they, they feel like it's you know, kind of corny for them. Like, uh, you know, I fell in love because of the colours. Ryan fell in love with the team because he had, uh, the Dorsey Levens was on the cover of Madden that year. So he was, you know, sometimes we yeah. sort of go, you know, is that a good enough reason? But you are the biggest Packer fan that we know and you fell into the same sort of, uh, you know, way of supporting the fans that we did over here. So that is just an absolute breath of fresh air because most of the time what we hear is, is why, you know, why do you support the Packers family if you're not from Green Bay? So you are the antithesis of that. Now, Kurt, did, so you're five years of age. Again, you hit nine, we're, yep. we're winning championships. Did you say to yourself, look, at when I become of age, when I'm an 18-year-old, I'm going to march up there and get myself a good Wisconsin woman or what did you do? No, you know, actually, uh, you know, Following the team, I, you know, off and on through high school and stuff like that, you know, like I said, it was a terrible years. Oh, yeah. And once I left high school, I joined the military. So I spent a couple of years in Germany, a couple of years in Texas, and, you know, kind of following the team in the late 70s, early 80s. And it was, like I said, it was still such a terrible time. It was like, you know, I think I was trying to find anything other to do than to kind of try to follow the Packers so everybody wasn't getting such grief. But, you know, I, I mean, yeah, you know, I stuck with it, you know, and then, you know, in the 90s, you know, who came along? Brett came along and kind of turned the franchise around for us. And, mm. you know, then we gained a bunch of fans, I'll just say it that way. <laughs> you know, don't use the bandwagon uh, word. That's solely <laughs> reserved for Seahawks fans. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Kurt, it, that sort of strikes me because, I mean, you've, like, before we come on the call, we we're just having a quick chit-chat. And, like, you've you've been on numerous things that people can see on. If they just, you know, type your name into YouTube, there's this great Fox 40 piece that comes up and you're actually getting interviewed by a Bears fan, which is even better. And he's sort of, he's, oh, yeah. he's going around this insane man cave yours, which I'd love to get onto. But something that struck me about that interview was is that you keep sort of harking back to Brett Favre now. He, you know, you're an old-school Packer fan and he's your guy. I mean, do you do you always well, have actually, that soft spot for him? Star. Bart Starr, wow. Bart Starr. Yeah. Yes. Bart Starr. Bart Starr is my mentor. 
Yeah. And Kurt, Kurt, did you ever get to meet him? Did you ever get to sort of, you know, throw your arm around his shoulder and tell him how great you thought he was? Um, actually, yes. It was in FanFest, I think, of 2005. Right. Or it might have been 2004. One of the fan fests that they, you know, because the Packers used to have fan fests. Yeah. And he was actually he was actually there one time, and I was actually able to meet him and basically tell him, you know, how much I appreciated him and and that kind of thing. If you really want to hear a funny story, um, I was eight years old. Yeah, I was eight years old, living, you know, obviously living with my parents, mm-hmm. and that's back in the day where you could charge a long distance call to a third party number. Yeah. So what I did was I didn't want to get in trouble with my parents for making a long distance <laughs> phone call to Green Bay. Yeah. So what I did was I looked up and I found I got uh, called information and I got Bart Starr's telephone number for his house. Well. Wow. So here I am, you know, eight years old going, Oh, this is pretty cool. Maybe I'll call him. <laughs> so I so instead of calling on my number and charging it to my number, I called the operator and I just thought of some silly fictitious number to charge the phone call to. So I wouldn't get in trouble, you know, with my parents calling long distance. Okay. So the call goes through just fine. And who picks up his housekeeper? Right. Bart wasn't there. Yeah. Which was really kind of upsetting, but he says, you know, but I, it was the right number and everything else like that. And, and back in those days, you know, even professional football players had their names listed in the phone book. That's amazing. And, yeah, and so, uh, well, the moral of the story is is my aunt worked for the telephone company and told my parents that I was the one that charged the call to a third-party number. Yeah. And needless to say, I got in trouble. <laughs> and, yeah, and all you got was the housekeeper. Uh, it might have been worth it yeah, if you got through exactly. the Bart Star himself. But they say, Kurt, never oh. meet your idol because you'll be disappointed. When you met Bart Star, I'm sure that wasn't the case. No, it was not. Not at all. I mean, I was totally impressed with his demeanor. And that's the one thing that I like about Aaron. Aaron has a lot of the features that Bart Starr has. Oh, yeah? A lot. Yeah. Yeah, because I always get sort of, I get, I don't know, from Bart, I don't, I didn't get that sort of cockiness. And I know that Aaron doesn't have a lot of cockiness, but he still gives that smirk. He has that comfortableness about him. But certainly when you look at the numbers they compare, Bart Starr was throwing the ball when people didn't throw the ball, which is absolutely incredible. Do you remember much about Bart Starr from your, from, you know, because you would have been fairly young, Kurt, in fairness. Yeah. Yeah, you know, later years, you know, when it got to like Super Bowl one and Super Bowl two, I was old enough to, you know, to to hear about the game and you know and and be able to see stuff on the news because in California, you know, we we didn't get a whole lot of Green Bay Packers stuff. It was all yeah. San Francisco 49ers or Oakland Raiders stuff. So. Yeah. Well, let's let's get around to the stuff then. I mean, the, your March room is absolutely unbelievable. Ryan says here that you're his idol. I mean, he looks past Bart Starr and Aaron Rodgers and looks straight to you, Kurt, and he says that you're the guy he wants uh, to emulate. Now, I said to him, you know, don't tell your wife because Kurt must have about $17 million worth of March in the house. I yeah. hope you have good house insurance and I hope they don't, you know, I hope oh, no one yeah. finds your address where you found uh, Bart Starr's. But, I mean, Kurt, can you explain to us how this man cave came about. Was it always a dream of yours to pepper your walls with every signature known? And can you explain to us how in the world do you get Mike Daniels and some of the other Packer fans? I believe they're in your house, right? They've been in your house? Um, uh, Amon Green's been in our house. Mm. But I've been in Mike Daniels' place there in Green Bay and a couple other players, especially Devon House. Uh, yeah. you know, we've had dinner with Devon and his, and his wife. And, you know, some of the other players, 
We've gone on um, a couple of resort cruises with some of the players. We went on with seven of them two years ago yeah. down to Puerto Vallarta. And, you know, you just kind of you kind of make a connection and you realize that it's more than just football. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we... We were talking to the likes of Sam Barrington before, and there was guys like that now. Unfortunately, you know, he's moved on to a different team, but we got that kind of vibe off him. So is that how it comes about, Kurt, that you you bump into these guys on fan cruises and something resonates there, and then you end up, you know, breaking bread with the likes of Devon House? It, that, that sounds incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's about the way it happens. I mean, you kind of have to just treat them like normal human beings. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it doesn't hurt, Kurt, that you wear a fireman's helmet. I mean, you know what I mean? If you want to stand out and you want to be noticeable to a player, the fireman's helmet will do it. Can you give us a bit of background to that? Because there's a very poignant reason why, if anyone goes onto your Twitter account, that you only have 343 uh, people that you follow. And, and we'll also get onto your UK Packer membership number later. But can you explain to us, you know, the significance of that and your career and what that means to you? Well, I spent 34 years in the fire service. I retired uh, three years ago, actually, coming up uh, as a captain paramedic for Sacramento Metro Fire Department. And the 343 number represents the amount of firefighters that were lost in the 9-11 tragedy in September 11, 2001. Yeah. And so just as kind of a tribute to that, to my brothers that died, you know, I decided to just keep my Twitter followers at 343. My Instagram's different, you know, I mean, I, I follow more people on Instagram, but I just, when I first started with the Twitter, I, I thought, you know, that's a good tribute, and I just kind of want to keep it that, because number one, it's kind of manageable also. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and, and what a fantastic reason to have 343, and again, I mean, it, we all know that, the you know, any type of force like that, like the military, um, I come from sort of a military family, um, and that sort of brotherhood, uh, I don't think anybody can sort of put into question just how close that bond is, which kind of, you know, resonates with being a Packers fan too because the closeness that we feel, I mean, there's a common sort of phrase that goes around the internet that, you know, the thing about the Packers is it's not just a team, it's about being a family and we really sort of feel that vibe, especially when we went over to Lambeau. But that brings us, Kurt, then, you must have been to Lambo at least 4,000 times, have you? I mean, what kind yeah. of... If, if I was to ask you, and it's going to be impossible because, you know, you have Mike... Daniels as a mate of Devon House's and made undoubtedly unbelievable amount of players as friends and signatures all over your helmet and stuff. But if you were to pick out, you know, a, a small handful of Packer experiences that really resonate with you, would you be able to share with us some of those cool stories that you have? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, our our first game that we ever went to was in 2004. And it wasn't even my idea. It was actually my wife's idea. My wife, <laughs> up until 2004, she hated football. Really? She couldn't stand it. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. And so in 2004, you know, we were kind of talking, and she says, well, why don't we go to a game? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I said, are you serious? <laughs> and she says, yeah, let's just go. Let it get it out of my system, you know, and we'll just go. <laughs> so we went to the playoff game in January of 2005 against the Vikings, the one that we lost. Yeah. And... So uh, it was cold, you know, it was typical frozen tundra Lambo atmosphere. Well, after that, my wife said she got bit by the bug. And so now she's a very dedicated fan. Mm. She knows a lot more about football than she ever did before. And she looks forward to watching, you know, the draft. And, you know, we go to training camp now almost every year. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just every experience that we've gone to Lambo has been unique in its own manner. I mean, it's like sometimes I go over, you know, like I say, I can visit to some of the players, you know, but a lot of times it's just, 
I consider it's like with all my autographs. I consider that uh, uh, the thrill of the hunt. Mm. You know, I mean, it took me took me almost four years to get Jordy to sign my helmet, <laughs> and he knew it. Yeah, he he yeah, because he smiled about it all the time. Two years ago, he signed my wife's helmet because my wife's got a pink fire helmet. Yeah, and he signed that. I just I just happened to not be wearing mine. And so I told him, I says, I says, well, you know, Jordy, you still owe me for mine. And he just kind of gives me that smirk. And that was two years ago. <laughs> oh, so, and, and I finally got him last year when we went to the Seahawks game. And what was it, Kurt? Why, why would he not sign the helmet? Is he just, is he just a quiet oh, kind of guy? Because we've heard that about him. Yeah. yeah. We, we... Jordy's very quiet, very reserved. Mm. Yeah, very, very but, Don Hudson. Like, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because when I got him, it was at like 7.30 in the morning at the facility on Monday. Yeah. And there was, and it was probably, oh, I want to say it was probably zero degrees. <laughs> and I was the only person, and I was the only person out there. <laughs> so, you know, that, and that's, but that's the kind of dedication you have to do. I mean, that's the part of the thrill of the hunt of, of getting the guy's autographs because, I don't ever sell anything. Yeah. Everything I have is pretty much all, all personalized to myself because that's what I want it. Cause I, I want that connection, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure they understand that, you know, none of my stuff is ever on eBay. Yeah. As you can tell by my room, I, I, I'm running out of space and I still have a, a Blake Martinez canvas. I have to get signed when I go to summer camp this summer. Yeah. And can you tell us, Kurt, I mean, how accessible are the players if you were to go to training camp, certainly from a UK and Irish perspective, do you think it's, it would be worth somebody from over here traveling over? Do you get to meet the players or is it just because you've built up such a rapport now with the organization that you sort of get to stand out more than everybody else? No, I think uh, it is a phenomenal opportunity to to meet the players up close and personal because they are so much more relaxed, mm. you know, in that atmosphere. I mean, they're riding the bikes, you know, back and forth to the training facility and back, you know, back to Lambeau and, they stop and sign stuff for everybody when they get out of practice. No, it's brilliant like that as well. It's, I mean, they do seem accessible. Certainly, when we were over there for the Cowboys game, um, a few of the lads bumped into the players coming in and out of the Radisson, and some of them were happy enough to stop. They did say Jordy put the head down and marched on, but it was funnily enough we we, <laughs> we caught Jordy the year before, and we managed to be able to you know meet him, and and the guys got autographs with him, which was incredible. Um, I suppose. We're kind of like yourself, Kurt. I mean, from you from California, us from over here, you have to travel a bit to get there. So I think maybe they appreciate the fact that you're not going to try flog this stuff and sell it. But Kurt, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, so I guess what we'd like to know is, is how does a guy in California, friend of the Packers, how the hell did you come across the UK Packers? Um, you know, I, uh, I've watched you guys on Twitter a lot and I've heard a lot of good things about you guys. And I started listening to your podcast, you know, probably... Oh, probably about a month and a half or so ago, trying to get caught up. I'm, you know, I went through, you know, your whole history of them, which you guys did a phenomenal job at that. Thanks for that. Yeah, and, I, was, I was wondering to see what a man like you would think of our history podcast because you lived some of that history. Oh yeah, and I, like I said, you guys did a phenomenal job. And really, I am looking forward to whenever the Packers finally get over to London mm. because we're gonna party hardy, baby. <laughs> and you won't pay for a single pint. But Kurt. Do you want to tell us what your UK Packer membership number is and then we'll bid you adieu? Yes, uh, you guys were honoured enough to give me the number 343 and it is highly appreciated that you guys uh, honoured me with that number. Awesome, Kurt. Look, 
I could talk to you all day. I think I'll have to kick Ryan out of the podcast studio in future and just get you on instead. Just don't tell him I said that. Uh, so it was great to have you on, Kurt. An absolute gentleman. All right, Steve. Well, appreciate you calling, man. So, Ryan, there you go. I mean, the, the dude has a, a march room bigger than yours, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this guy's been on Fox 40. He's been on all types of things. He's been on Business Insider. You know, because, look, we always do our due diligence and there's very few fans that we can actually research before because it's about getting them on and, you know, getting to know them. Whereas Kurt actually has a pleasure of stuff. But we have some really exciting stuff coming up. So number one is that our membership charter has gone live. We tweeted it before we start recording the podcast. Um, and there's there's over 632, I think there's 632 members out there. So each member was emailed individually from our fingertips to make sure that you know that you're special to us. So if you got 632, it might just be a case that you applied last, that you only found out about the membership charter. Um, now, why do we have a membership charter? It's because, you know, now that you're an official member, because people kept coming to us and saying, well, how many members do you have? And we said, well, we've nearly 9,000 on Twitter. We've nearly 12,500 on Instagram. When when you say people, actually, the Green Bay Packers wanted to know exactly how yeah. many members we had as well, mm. you know? So there's a reason people are asking. That's why we want you to get signed up. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not a social security number. Uh, you know, we're not going to start sending you spam and trying to sell you to other people. It's just literally to try to get a handle on. Because look, another thing that we get uh, more than we get kind of a free t-shirt, like what Ryan said was, is that the, the other thing that we get all the time is, is, hey guys, I'm from LA. I'm coming over to the UK. I'm a Packers fan. Or I'm from Wisconsin. I'm coming over to Ireland. And they say, I'm going to be hitting Kilkenny and I want to know if there's any Packer fans around, any Packer bars around. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to build up a database of people in London um, and hopefully down the road set up a forum on the website that all the London Packer fans can get in and chat to each other. All the Manchester Packer fans can get in. Everybody up in Glasgow, the Welsh Packer fans, if you're in Cardiff, you know, you're over in Dublin. We want to know where you go out to watch the games. We'd love to be able to get all of you together. So if there's like, you know... 150 London Packer fans how cool would that be to have like a little London Packer fan meetup and you get because look me and Ryan have met people at the meetups that we're going to be friends for life not to get too soppy over it so if we can set you guys up together where he's going because that's that's why we're here is to set you all up in your city you're probably drinking in separate pubs don't know about each other now maybe one of you is a tool and you don't want to hang about with them anyway but you'll find out so meet up with people if you want and with your permission we can put you all in contact so that's kind of cool as well as that uh, we've got some really exciting stuff coming up Ryan do you want to tell people about the 1919 club yeah and we're both really excited with the 1919 club um, you, you'll have noticed before particularly if you're on our Facebook page um, you'll have seen the prize draws we've done in the past Razzes as they've become known on the internet Mm-hmm. And uh, basically what that is, is we will get signed merch, much like all the gear that myself and Steve have here in the studio. Um, but we will get some stuff that we are going to put into 1919 Club. Now, in the past, we've had Sam Barrington signed photos, among Green signed photos. We had two Gilbert Brown signed helmets. And we currently have a Mike McCarthy signed helmet as well coming up that is going to probably be the next draw. Um, and 1919 Club essentially gives you all the chance to enter into uh, a prize draw to win one of these signed items. Um, and so basically what it is is you'll buy a ticket, much like a raffle. So the Raz is essentially an online raffle. Um, you buy your ticket and you buy as many tickets as you want. You could end up winning something that costs, let's face it, most signed jerseys cost around about £150. 
let's say, unless you're going up to the farves and then you're talking big, big, big bucks. And who knows, we might get there one day. Um, but you could buy your one ticket, which might only be three, four, five pounds, depending on the, on the competition at that time. And then you could win something worth a hell of a lot more and uh, something that you will frame and keep forever and ever. Yeah, so we're thinking about, we're in two minds really. So we want you to let us know what you would like. So what we, we have two ways of doing it. We can have a monthly sort of subscription almost where you, you pay whatever uh, the monthly sub would be. And that this is why we're going out to you. And that if we had, say, 100 people who are paying in a fiver, well, then we'd have the 500 quid to spend on maybe a, a Bart Star signed jersey or a Bart Star signed football, uh, a Brett Favre signed item, um, you know, cool chrome helmets, Mike Holmgren stuff. We could run numerous draws throughout the month. Um, or what we can do is, is we can leave it up to you. So we can say what items that we've got and say this is going to be the Raz. We can name the amount of slots and we can name the price per slot. And then you can choose whether you want to enter or not. So which way would you prefer? Would you like to have a monthly shot at getting a big item now again if there was enough monthly subscribers there's no way we'd only be doing one we'd probably do one a week we could do two a week you know it depends on how many people we get signed up and what the sub cost would be how much would you be willing uh to sub in for and how you know would you like to do it as a monthly subscription so that it just comes in we get the items and we try to get them out to you or would you like to pick and choose which item that you want to come in on because let's face it some people are into the old stuff like me and ryan if you said to me that you had a Don Hudson, uh, you know, jersey, I would buy all 40 slots and I'd tell you to piss off. You know, or some people just aren't into the old stuff. They want something like an Aaron Rodgers signed um, thing. But, Ryan, so explain to the people then how the actual draw itself works. So how do we pick the winner? Okay, it's very, uh, very scientific, I have to say. And we do have an adjudicator on hand at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but essentially, we use a website called random.org. And what we do is we get... Uh, the virtual rice, uh, the virtual dice roll, mm-hmm. um, and we will spin two dice, and then whatever score we get will 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 be used later on. Snake eyes are always discounted because nobody wants to do just two spins of the of the list. Mm-hmm. Everybody's names that are entered in for that will go into a randomizer list, and then let's say we scored five on the two dice. That list will be randomized five times. If we got one prize, obviously the person finishing top of that list will win that prize. If, if we if we get to a stage where we can have two and three prizes in, then obviously one, two, and three on that list could, could win prizes. And that's how it's done. So it's all completely random. We will have that done on video. Um, it should be on live video, hmm. and we'll have that out, uh, and it will be hosted on our website. Okay, And more than likely, we will do it during our podcast exactly so we'll have it on the podcast we'll have it on a live video to make sure that there's, there's nothing untoward happening because you are paying your money in and it is a way that you can pay in you know two three four or five pounds um and that's all just for one slot you pay two quid and you can end up getting yourself a 700 quids worth uh of a bart star signed football which is a complete once in a lifetime item so that's what we're working on that's a 1919 club uh, and again you have to be a member to join the 1919 club because you know we want you to get your name in there up on the membership charter so that it's easier for us to try track who's coming in and mm-hmm. out so again there's exciting stuff coming lads uh, with this membership stuff this is why we're doing it because it connects you better uh, it gets you in contact with people in your hometown and look there's so much more to weave another really exciting project coming up that we're working hard on behind the scenes it's taken a while to come to fruition but we guarantee that you're going to be 
really chuffed with with this. But Ryan, I think uh, that's all for this podcast. Ooh. Unless you have anything else to Ooh. say. Well, I'm only just looking at some live tweets as, we, as we're recording. People, I think people are starting to realise now that the podcast is recorded on a Sunday evening, and uh, mm. either that or they're just laying there waiting because they're missing football. But Sean McRider has, uh, which I'm guessing is one of your Irish fellows. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I can't wait to hear Ryan's beer review. Uh, I'm looking for a new beer to try. Well, as I started, said at the start, tonight I'm on Estrella Dam out of Barcelona. Okay, so I have to say, it is better than San Miguel. So oh, That's like Spanish yeah. blasphemy. Es muy bueno. I know. I know. Uh, yes, very good, mate. So <laughs> base. <laughs> Right. Uh, so, yeah. so, and then, and then the other thing, I think, I think we've got to, got to mention it because yes, I know we're we're a Green Bay fan group, but we are we do have ties to Wisconsin. So let's mm. quickly just give a big up to the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, seeded number eight for those of you that follow NCAA f- no, basketball, which was considered a bit of a, a kick in the nuts mm. um, because many thought they were a better or worth a better seed than that. And last night they went up against number one seeded Villanova. Um, who were last year's defending champions, and they beat them. Good. So that that shows the NCAA and whoever it is that gives out the seeds. I never know who these people are, but whoever it is that seeds them, uh, Wisconsin go marching on. So on Wisconsin, and uh, Bucky Badger was a happy man last night. Yeah, don't know what any of that or means. A, I don't or a happy, happy don't, Badger. I just don't follow college sports. So I just. Well, don't do you want me to know. give you a quick rundown of the game? Okay, so Wisconsin were ahead for most of the game. They ran into foul trouble with most of their star starting players, uh, like Ethan Happ, like um, Bronson Koenig. No, not uh, And they got into a bit of foul trouble, but the guys came off the bench and filled in, did admirable jobs. Uh, Nigel Hayes was awesome. The big guys when they were on the court were awesome. Uh, Ethan Happ, I think, is going to be a great player. Um, and they, and they were ahead, like I said, for most of the game. There was a bit in sort of through the through part of the second half where Villanova came back, and we, and I did kind of think, oh, here we go, this this will be this will be it. But actually, no, Wisconsin came back, were strong, and they showed everybody that they will still be a force to be reckoned with this year. Simple uh, as that. Well, I'm pretty sure um, all the people listening probably know what that means. I certainly don't. I don't follow college football because the dudes are there for a few years and then they piss off on out and I have a kid, so I just generally <laughs> keep my head in the sand. All things Packers for me. But look, it's that's... <laughs> it's, it's what? Blasphemy. Oh, sorry. Um, you can't yeah. put children. You can't put your children before Wisconsin basketball. Eh. <laughs> or you can. Or yeah, you can. Probably can, yeah. Maybe you can. But look, from myself, at NFL on Twitter, give me a follow from your buddy, me old pal, Ryan Peacock. And from our fan of the week, Kirk Kozat, if you want to be fan of the week, just hit us up on the website, give us an email as to why you think you should be fan of the week, and we'll get you on. And of course, this, the podcast is sponsored by Cassidy M&E Quantity Surveyors. A little bit of a plug at the end. And uh, it's goodbye for this week. Goodbye.